Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, if you think man can rule the earth, then here's what I want you to do. When you leave here, I want you to go out to the St. John's River. I want you to take your flashlight with you. I want you to get in a little boat and just kind of paddle your way out in the St. John's River. And then shine that little light into the water. And when the alligator comes to your boat, I want you to command him in the name of Jesus to shut his mouth before he eats you alive. The way the world is right now is vastly different than what God originally created. Reading the creation account, you see that God originally intended for mankind and animals to live in harmony with one another. Man's rebellion destroyed this peace. Jesus, as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, had to come to earth and be a man, not God, to be able to redeem mankind and the planet. This redemption, as you'll find out in the teaching, is what makes Jesus greater than the angelic host. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 2 as he begins his message, Jesus, Present Ministry. All right, if you'll turn to your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 2, we saw the writer challenge this discouraged home group in Italy not to drift away from this wonderful salvation that Jesus had provided for them. Remember, one of the underlying things all the way through this book is simply that Jesus is better. Chesterton said this, interesting quote, Whatever is or is not true about men, this one thing is certain. Man is not what he was meant to be. You see, in the end of this chapter 2, we're reminded of the initial intention, the original plan for man, and then why Jesus had to come to solve man's problem because he never achieved what God meant for man to be. You're there in Hebrews chapter 2. Just keep your finger there. Go right back to Genesis 1. Let's remind ourselves a little bit. As you're going, let me bring you up to speed. This this thing of God coming down to earth as man was very difficult for most of the Jews. 
they felt the Messiah would be simply a man. And because of that, if the Messiah was only a man, he would be lower than the angels. You remember the risk. This group felt that, well, maybe angels were to be worshipped. We have already gone through that in chapter 1 and the first part of chapter 2. That's not really true. You're going to see that Jesus, even as a man, was better than the angels. Because Jesus didn't come just as a man. In our world today, we hear this quite often, the 80-20 rule. Jesus wasn't 80% man and 20% God, or vice versa. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God, fully man and fully God. How do you reconcile that? About the same way you do the Trinity. You take it by faith, because it's beyond our mind. Now, what was the original intention for mankind? What did God want? My wife and I were watching something last night, and I saw it on the news again. I don't know the whole story, but I just thought, our world is absolutely amazing. A young lady, supposedly, uh, was raped. Maybe you've seen it in the news. She's in this big trial, and the judge has now said to her, you cannot use the word rape as you give your testimony in the court. You can't use the word rape, because that kind of skews the jury to think that it was actually true. So here we are in America, a gal's on trial trying to say what happened to her, and she can't say rape. Are we amazing what's happened to our world, isn't it? Well, before your blood pressure goes down, let's go back and see what the real intention of man was. Verse 26, chapter 1, Genesis. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Paul and Gretchen have been very faithful. You see that? It's good. As the rest of many of you are. That's why we have kids all over this place. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Here's this word again. Rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, being a good God, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for, for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath and life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and notice, it was very good. And there was evening, and then there was morning, the sixth day. So, when you see this word rule, this shows us what God's original intention for mankind was. God's goal for man was to be the ruler over everything on the earth. In other words, to exercise authority and to exercise dominion in every aspect, of course, always under God, but man was to rule the earth. Now, why did Jesus have to come? Well, because sin 
turn that upside down. And if you will, go back to Hebrews chapter 2. And I want to give you four things in our passage. And I think it'll be very encouraging to you. I try to make it as simple as possible. We could spend a lot of time in chapter 2. We could spend weeks, actually. I just want to point these four things out as the Holy Spirit has helped me as we've studied. Number one, Jesus' humanity enabled him to regain man's lost authority. Look at verse 5. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. Now in putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Notice the writer says somewhere, doesn't tell us where. I think that's interesting because we don't know who the writer is. He doesn't care to say it's in Psalms. But Psalms 8 is where this comes from. Now, I think this is good because obviously this writer is thinking back to the Psalms, and later you're going to see many more verses that this writer knows. So it just, again, qualifies the Old Testament because these people, remember, that he's speaking to are Jews who have become Christians, believers in Jesus, and of course were raised with the Old Testament Scriptures. David writes in Psalm 8, When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, and which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herbs, herds, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. David, you can maybe see him out one night watching the sheep or whatever, looking up at the stars, and he kind of begins this. When I see everything in heaven, these billion, billion galaxies, which he didn't even know what a galaxy was, we do today because of the Hubble and all the rest. When I look up there, who am I, this little guy out in the field? What kind of a God is that? How insignificant man is, and yet God created you, and he created me to have a personal relationship with him. Why would God do that? You know why? Because God loves us. Think about that. Of all the universe, all the things God's created, he only created man with the ability to know him. Only man with the ability to choose right or wrong with the consequence of hell or heaven. Angels didn't get this choice, certainly got a choice, but they can't find salvation. Only man can find salvation. Now, I'm not going into this, but there's a great debate in Psalm 8 about whether this is speaking about man or it's speaking about Jesus. Well, 
the debate is not really important to me because as you go through here in verse 9, you'll see that the solution to this is always Jesus. And overall, I believe it is messianic in nature. It has its fulfillment in Christ. Notice at verse 8, Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. In other words, man had authority over the whole world. When he sinned, he lost it and went to Satan. Jesus is coming back. He came back. He regained that authority. Well, it's not all gained back yet. It hasn't been fully realized yet. We know that because the world we still live in is still ruled by who? By Satan, the ruler, the god of this age. But it will be, and of course we know when that's going to happen, it will happen that the authority and the rule does go back to God. He really won it on the cross. You'll see that as we go through. But notice what the scripture says. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him, to Christ. Now, really, God is in control of everything, but he allows Satan to continue to do his deal here, to tempt us. We'll see that as the last verse. And you and I know that as a man, we don't have dominion over the earth. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I I think we do. Well, if you think man can rule the earth, then here's what I want you to do. When you leave here, I want you to go out to the St. John's River. I want you to take your flashlight with you. I want you to get in a little boat and just kind of paddle your way out in the St. John's River and then shine that little light into the water. And when the alligator comes to your boat, I want you to command him in the name of Jesus to shut his mouth before he eats you alive. Now that's a stupid illustration, but we don't have... I mean, forget the alligator. How many of you call your dog and the dog won't come? How many have one like that? Come on, let's be honest. How many call your wife and she won't come? Oh, I guess better not go there. But you understand what I'm saying. We don't have dominion over this, and you well know that. What I think is serious about this, and I thought this was phenomenal, actually because of the fall of man, man became less than God intended for him. Think of that. In every way, intellectually, Morally, physically, emotionally, and of course, spiritually. Here's something I think you need to write. When we sin, we become less than God intends. When God created man, he says, have rule over the earth. And Adam started out with the rule. You remember? He called the animals to him. And he named them. We've lost that. We've lost what God intended. You know the famous saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. If you're a Christian, you understand what I just said. All of us have sinned 
And when we finished with that, we looked back and went, wish I never done it. Because it always takes you farther than you want to go, costs you more than you want to pay, and keeps you longer than you want to stay. Well, what is the solution to man losing rule and losing authority, turning it over to Satan? The answer, verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor. Why? Because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death or experience death for everyone in bringing many sons to glory. Billy Graham says this, Jesus did not stoop when he became a man. And as a man, he was a little lower than the angels in his humanity, although without losing in any sense his divine nature. So make sure, we did a whole sermon on this a few years ago. Jesus was fully man and fully God. As he came, Jesus had to become a man in order to die. As God, Jesus couldn't die. Remember back in the 80s, we had this big deal, God's dead. It was a big thing that went through our world, God's dead. Well, no, God's not dead. God couldn't die. And so Jesus had to come to the earth as a man to die for us. The God-man is God. But we see, we know, death didn't hold him. As a man, he died. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. So think of the truth. Think of your little Italian Bible study. And you kind of been playing with this deal that Angels were better than Jesus. Well, the writer already said, no, you don't worship angels. Angels can't do that for you. They're servants of God. And so we see here that Jesus had to come as a man, a little lower than the angels, and he had to suffer death. He had to taste death for you and for me. And as he did that, he's the answer to the restoration of authority. One day, everything will be under his feet. Now, again, let me remind you, not so much for us because we don't have this background, but for the Jews, they had great difficulty with a suffering Savior. I mean, what is that? How can the Savior of the Jewish people be a suffering Savior? But notice in verse 9, he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, you know, by the grace of God, you and I didn't suffer death. It's by His grace. And by that grace, we're saved. Now, let me show you two verses that kind of the writer might have mentioned. Who knows? It's not in the book, but it would have been in our minds, maybe in a discussion, maybe in an environment where the Jewish people were asking him, he might have said 1 Corinthians one twenty three. But we preach Christ crucified. Well, what was that to the Jews? A stumbling block. 
Well, our Messiah can't. Our Messiah is not going to die. He's not going to be a suffering Messiah. We, Paul says, no, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and of course to the Gentiles, totally foolishness. A God who dies, not a chance. Then we kind of see how all this worked. Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself. Well, how did he humble himself? Well, first of all, he came as a man. He came lower than the angels. And more importantly for all of us, he became obedient to the cross, to death, the death on the cross. So the first Adam failed. Jesus, in the Bible, Book of Romans, is known as the second Adam. The second Adam came as a man, suffered death, tasted death for you and I, experienced it, and became our substitute on the cross. Turn with me back to Romans chapter 5, just for a second. Understand how little this sin probably seemed to Adam. Adam and Eve never really understood the consequences that their sin would be transferred to the whole world. Remember, sin will take you farther than you ever thought. Well, here in Romans 5.12, we see exactly how that works. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and what is the result of sin? Death through sin. The wages of sin is death. Death is simply separation from God. And in this way, death came to all men because all sin. From time to time, I'll get an email from different individuals, and they question this deal, because this is humanistic thinking, that people are sinners. And you'll see this very often, that all people basically are good. Well, no, people are not good. Our basic nature is sin. And this is where it comes from, in Romans 5.12. Skip on down to verse 19. You're in the same chapter. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, Adam sinned, all mankind are sinners. So also through the obedience of the one, notice, man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. The power of a suffering Savior, because Jesus came as a man, By the way, this is, to me, then, the fulfillment of Psalm 8. He's the ultimate fulfillment. He's the from the kind of the generic son of man to the the son of man, which is Jesus. Jesus was made our substitute, atonement. Today, Pastor Mark's teaching talked about the reasons that Jesus had to come to the earth. You learned about God's original intent for mankind and creation, and how man's rebellion and sin ruined that original plan. Pastor Mark talked about how the Jews had a hard time believing that their Messiah would have to suffer and how his suffering was a part of their redemption. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, Jesus, Present Ministry. You'll hear more about why Jesus had to go through what he did and how these Jewish Christ followers had a hard time understanding that. You'll learn more about the wonderful plan that God had for mankind at the very beginning. You'll hear how man messed things up and the way that Jesus coming to earth helped fix things. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series in the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.